Becky, look at her banner. It's beauty, bitch. Warning, this show contains adult content, strong language, mature themes, discussions of sexuality, politics, triggers, and <gasps> feminism. Listener discretion and or earphones are advised. Welcome to Bitchery, the podcast about badass women in history who aren't in the history books because the patriarchy were too busy burning us at the stake because we knew how to not get pregnant with just shit that grew in the garden. Yo, I'm Kelly McLean. They demoted us all to witch. <laughs> or promoted, depending on how you look at it. Yes, exactly. I'm Lisa. Uh, Kelly makes you say smarty pants Lisa, but mostly just Lisa. You know. I tried to bully her into using her proper name, her proper podcast <laughs> name whenever possible. Um, so uh, how about those current events, Elise? Oh, yeah. How about them? <laughs> something else, ain't they? Show is. Pity we aren't <laughs> talking about it, though. Ooh, I don't know. if Are you okay? We need to check on Kelly. <laughs> I feel like you need a 12-step program for news withdrawal or something. Mm-mm. Check on your news addicted, addicted friends. <laughs> Yeah, I need more than one program. I've got various issues. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't think I've been okay since about 1996, but, you know, who's, <laughs> who's keeping track? Uh, anyway, please email us at the greatest email address ever, if I might humbly say so. It's heybitches at bitchstory.net. You can also visit anchor.fm forward slash bitchstory. And at anchor.fm forward slash bitchery, you will also see a button that says support. If you are so inclined and have the ability to throw a few bucks at us occasionally, it would help a lot. I wish we had a poll to dance around, but we do not. Gift <laughs> <laughs> of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99. If you can do that, perhaps you could leave us a fantastic review on Spotify. If you can't do that, sorry. Yeah. Leave us a review on Spotify. Or if you can do that, you can give us money and a review. That would be... <laughs> Um, yeah, most of our, our pod eggs seems like a, anyway, uh, are in the Spotify basket these days. Yeah. (laughs) Are in the Spotify basket. So if you are listening right now on Apple or somewhere else, maybe just hit pause and just hop on over to listen on Spotify. That would help us a lot. Okay. Should we pause for people to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Stupid cat. Move. Get off the keyboard. (laughs) Silly kitties. Okay. I sense them in the Spotify universe now. Let me see if I can tune in. Um, yes, I do also. So <laughs> let's proceed. I have no idea what the fuck's happening. Um, <laughs> I am just insane, and Lisa just goes along with it. Um, anyway, please share this podcast with anyone who will sit still to listen. I'm not proud. You can bully them. You force that shit on them. Listen to this podcast, you silly nincompoop of a feminist. <laughs> Go away, I should talk to you a second time. Did I, did I tell you I got thrown in Facebook jail for quoting that movie? No, why? Everybody should quote that movie. <sighs> right? And so I've been on Facebook since 2009, never been in Facebook jail until like a month or so ago. <laughs> I quoted the... <laughs> oh, Lord, bless this thy holy hand grenade, that with it we might blow thine enemies to tiny bits in thy mercy. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I forget what the post was, but I don't know if it's like an automated process or if some nincompoop reported it or what, but I got put in Facebook jail for that shit. I was only like partially in jail. I guess I was on like house arrest or some shit. Was it but, like, she said Jehovah? No. Yeah, she really said, sorry. she said blow up. <laughs> but I mean, there's other context for the phrase blow up. Like, could we, could we get a context bot? That'd be great. <laughs> Maybe the context bot could go scan my Instagram and decide that I'm not insulting everyone on Instagram, but rather just branding. Yes. It's just the word bitch, people. Calm They're the fuck down. <sighs> Yeah, no, I'm not really okay. Um, anyway, today is <laughs> March 20th. No, today is not March 20th. Lisa, what the fuck is today? I believe it's the 14th, yes? The 15th. 15th. <laughs> 15th it's the 15th, yep. 15th St. Patty's Day is on Friday. Oh, my God. The reason we're doing this episode is because the first day of spring slash the spring equinox is Monday. I have a real, I am really not okay. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, don't know what day it is. Never have, but that was a particularly uh, troublesome moment there. Anyway, uh, so we're covering the goddesses of the spring equinox. With, in our notes, a, a god tried to slip in there and we were like, mm, mm, mm. you've had your moment. A god, boring. Right. So we took him out. Covered. <laughs> So anyway, see us again. He'd yeah. be prettier if he smiled more too. That's what I thought. <laughs> I love it. So should we just sort of alternate these? Sure. Um, I go ahead. Okay, I know how to pronounce the first and the third. Okay. So, <laughs> you do the second one. <laughs> the first one should be introduced as. Pomegranates, the first roofie. Go. Okay. Persephone. Um, but also, I have a book. Well, it's a tarot deck that comes with a book about the dark goddesses. Dark, you may take with a grain of salt. Some of these goddesses are pretty, I, I find them a little disturbing. Some of them are just goddesses, in my opinion. Um, but anyway, there's all kinds of information. So I'm going to be reading out of this book in addition to some of our other sources. Um, so Persephone, one of many pagan favorites of the spring, um, the Greek goddess Persephone. Her story is tied to the earth, the seasons, and therefore with life and death. Um, the story goes that Hades, god of the underworld, kidnapped her and forced her to marry him and become the queen of the Greek underworld. Keep in mind, um, we used parentheses around the words kidnapped and forced because there's several sides to this story <laughs> which uh you can research on your own people um persephone is destined to spend a third of every year in the underworld and when she does the earth turns cold and barren every spring when she re-emerges she brings life back to the earth and gives us spring her festival um, day is April 3rd. That's the day she returns to her mother. Is it Demeter, Demeter or Demeter? Demeter? I think it's Demeter, but I could be I've always said Demeter, but then I heard people <clears> say <throat> Demeter, but I also hear people say Uranus about the planet, and I just cannot. 
<laughs> I used to have a teacher. I used to have a teacher that used to call this goddess Persephone, which I'm like, I don't think that's right. Oh, but hey, you're the teacher. Right? Um, that's, I know. Well, and the whole, like, quotation marks and kidnapped and forced. Like, she, like, the, the first story, like, the ancient story was basically she was gathering um, flowers and fruit in her mother's garden. And Hades saw her, fell in love with her, and kidnapped her. Um, and Demeter, who you know caused these things to bloom and everything, withdrew. She was so depressed, she withdrew, caused everything to die. Mm-hmm. So the gods were forced to be like, okay, 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 we'll find her. So they, <laughs> they found her, and she was in the underworld. But Hades like tricked her. Well, there's two stories that he tricked her into eating some pomegranate or forced some pomegranate in her mouth. That's why Pomegranate was the first roofie. And because she ate in the underworld, <laughs> she was not allowed to come back. You know. Oh. So they, they made it complicated. The whole underworld thing. Yes. Hey, that whole well, so Demeter is like the like Zeus's wife, right? That whole well, family's like I mean, a little bit effed up. My oh, God, God, how many wives does Zeus have? I know. The, were we going to do a show on the real wives of Mount Olympus? Because we I should. Yes, we should if we can even cover that in remotely one show. Because yeah, Zeus and Hades were brothers, and yeah, it's it's weird. Anyway, but we don't care about them. We're here to talk about the goddesses. All right. Okay. I'm so looking, the next goddess I'm... on our list, she there's a couple different ways to pronounce her name, and I'm probably going to screw up all of them. Um, but one way is to say um, Oster, Oster, and or Ostarta. See, I gave Lisa um, the hard names. <laughs> she is one of the Germanic spring goddesses, and when we say German, we don't mean like the country of Germany. She was more like when uh, Germany was like Germanic tribes, right? So she was like one of the sort of like tribe tribal goddesses. Is that separate from Vikings? It's kind well, of separate like from Norse, I guess. Okay. Um, so yeah, so she is, well, and I didn't understand this either. Cause it says it doesn't actually, I don't know if she actually existed or if BB the venerable made her up. Well, do any oh. of the gosses really exist? <laughs> yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, they could exist. They could be, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we hmm. could say this deity was made up and discredit all of them if we wanted to. But the point is Ostra is regarded as the goddess of spring, specifically of the spring equinox. Um, and she, her name is where we get the word Easter, as well as the pagan celebration of the vernal equinox called Ostarta. Oh, oh sorry, Ostara. Right. Uh, rabbits, flowers, and eggs are her sacred symbols. So if you're wondering why rabbits are carrying eggs, it makes no sense. Um, it's because they are symbols of uh, this goddess. Uh, she was called on for fertility and purification magic, as well as new and fresh opportunities. All those new beginnings of spring kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, little is known about the Teutonic spring goddess, but she is mentioned by the venerable Bibi, who said that she died out. But the, she's following had her following had died out by the time mm. he compiled his writings in the eighth century. Another dude. Boring. Anyway, right? so, many so according to the story, she's a goddess associated with flowers, springtime. Um, her name gives us the word Easter, and if you start to dig around on information, you'll find that she that much of it is the same. In fact, nearly all of it is Wiccan and pagan, um, and they describe her in a similar fashion. She doesn't appear anywhere in Germanic mythology, and despite those assertions, she might be a Norse deity. She doesn't show up in the poetic or prose uh, at us either. 
However, she could certainly have belonged to some tribal group in the Germanic areas, and her stories have been passed along through oral tradition. Uh, so she did she exist or not? We don't know. Some scholars dispute it. Others point to etymolog etymological evidence to say that she did, in fact, have a festival honoring her. Wait, how so? Oh, okay, well, hold on. Why do we know that she's a Germanic goddess if she doesn't appear in Germanic mythology simply because it may have been passed along through oral tradition? Well, how did that's we... because there, like in Germany, there was like Germanic peoples, but then there was also right. Norse people like and it, like parts of it were tribal. That's kind of, was kind of the same thing in Rome. There was sort of like, you know, the Roman government, but then there was also a lot of tribes that, okay. that worship their own God. You know, the Roman government kind of got Christianized, but there were still a lot of tribes out there who practiced earth-based religions and things like that. Um, they think that she could have also been, she's also worshipped as the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring. And so in pre-native, in native pre-Christian Germanic tribes of Northern Europe worshipped a goddess of spring. The Saxon tribes of Old Britain called her Oster as opposed to Ostara. And she is known for giving the name um, to Easter, as we said. Her feast day was held on the full moon following the vernal equinox, much Which like is, the modern Easter. Yeah. Yeah. She embodies glowing light and fertility. Hmm. Okay. And so the Easter, I mean, but Easter eggs basically just to kind of cover that a little bit. Um, chickens kept in natural light, kept in natural light, quit laying in the winter. Um, you know, before we had those obnoxious warming lights on them, mm -hmm. they quit laying in the winter and they resumed in the spring with their peak months, laying months being in March and April. In the Western uh, tradition, we're all familiar with Easter eggs, which date back to ancient times as a symbol of fertility and rebirth. Even in Persia, eggs have been painted and colored for over 1,500 years as part of a spring celebration of Nowruz, the Persian and Iranian New Year. I did a cooking class. Well, I didn't. I hosted it with the chef once upon a time. I don't know why I'm bringing that up because I can't remember anything about it, but I did. I did a thing. It's very festive and colorful. I remember that. I was going to say something else about Persephone or Persephone. <laughs> um, she is sort of a nod to that whole resurrection theme that comes up around Easter. Right. Or perhaps the origin of it. <laughs> As the Christians all come for me right now. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, yeah, this lady, I got to look this. I don't know if she's a lady or not. I don't know what she is. I got to look her up in my book. But um, Blodvid is a Welsh Celtic goddess of the spring. She was literally created from flowers. Let me see if I can find her in here. Hold on. Here she is. Um, her name means flower face. My book says, in the Welsh, Blodivad's story appears in the Mabinijon, I don't know what I just said there, Tales of Ancient Magic, translated in the 19th century from medieval Welsh manuscripts. The lovely maiden is conjured by the magician Gwydion. Gideon? Gwydion, do you know? Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. It's G, it's GWY, but I don't know how to say yeah. these things. Since it's like what to me. <laughs> Get this. Uncle of Lou La Gifts. <laughs> L-L-E-W-L-L-A-W-G-Y-F-F-E-S. Lou La Gifts. I have no idea what I'm saying. To be the son's hero bride. 
She's fashioned from the buds of blossoms of nine flowers, nine powers of tree and herb, chestnut for longevity, meadow sweet for grace, nettle for practicality, broom for vitality, oak for power, corn cockle for pride, bean for soul, primrose for enchantment, and sacred hawthorn crowning her as the queen of May. Ludved is content with the life she's given until Lula goes on a journey, leaving her on his own, leaving her on her own for the first time. She promptly finds and falls in love with another man. So this is why she's called a dark goddess, because supposedly she was an adulteress. Like he wasn't out fucking around on his Lula adventure, whatever. <laughs> um, another man, a fine hunter he was. Um so she and her lover plot to kill her immortal husband. Um, um, her story may seem to be a morality tale about infidelity or maybe that of a woman coming to self-realization and rebelling. <laughs> That's another key term in the dark goddesses. <laughs> rebelling against life defined by another. Truly, it is mythic, the ancient tale of the changing of seasons. Ludoved's lovers are the gods of summer and winter, eternal rivals for her favor. The win. Another season, the earth goddess may be mother or crone. Blue David is the goddess in her May aspect, the maiden of the beautiful blossoming time, the goddess of the powers of bud and blossom, of tree and herb. The owl she will become sleeps on a branch behind her. Its time is not yet here. Yeah, so he got pissed off. Gwydion got pissed off and turned her into an owl. Um, and then he becomes an eagle and flies away. He's another one that needs to smile more. <laughs> For real, right? Like, I'm pretty sure Gwydion was probably, or is it Magician Gwydion, uncle of Lula. Oh, Lula. They're all cheaters, let's just face it. Anyway. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, so she reminds us of the gift of freedom to choose our lovers and our way of life. Praise Bludavid. <laughs> because... There were a few times my mother threatened to, um, you know, like, try to <laughs> arrange a marriage for me since I was not doing a great job before I met Pat. And um, I'm just glad that that didn't happen. Next. No, I know. Well, and all the Asian kids this week are like, their parents are like, why you not win Oscar? That's what we're dealing with right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, That's my. So, if you have looked at a goddess name and thought that it was pronounced Bridget, you're wrong! Because the Celtics like to pronounce everything weird. weird. Mm -hmm. Go Celts! So, it's generally pronounced either Breed or Bride. Mm -hmm. She is the Celtic goddess and originated during the times of the Celtic-Irish tribes. Her story is deep and beautiful, according to author Rodney Castledon. An elite class of poets known as Filled worshipped her as late as the 10th century. Um, she is known as her name. Her name is theorized to mean fiery arrow. Mm -hmm. And there shows a clear link between bright and bride. She is the daughter of Dagda, king of which I'm probably saying wrong too, king of the Irish Celtic gods. And in some stories, she is Bray's wife. She's much more than a daughter and a wife. <laughs> Which is weird, right? I I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw that on Jerry Springer once, but what? She's one of the her most goddess. Yeah, 
but only identify her as a as a wife and a daughter. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm guessing maybe that's a Christian interpretation. Um, but yeah. her cult and traditions um, in, integrated in pagan Scotland and British Isles. She was so well-loved during the Christianization of Ireland, she became a saint while other pagan gods were forgotten. So she's also... Um, there's, there's a sisterhood of her and the triple goddess. The goddess breed is depicted in triple form in many sculptures and illustrations. Scholars believe that she was actually three deities in one. Does that sound familiar? No. No. Or seen as three Trin- sisters. Is that what Trinity? Trinity? There's three sisters all with the name breed. Okay. Each sister right. presided over an important domain, smithcraft, poetry, and healing. Uh, but why is she three sisters in one, you may ask yourself? The number three was sacred to the Celts for many reasons, which presented itself often in the beliefs in the gods. Triple goddesses like Breed presided over life, death, rebirth. And this is seen in her protection of children and lactating mothers. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing, but makes sense. Oh, you're bottle feeding? Nope. Next. <laughs> I know. So any of those people that are just like, can you cover yourself? You're going to get bitch slapped by Breed. So don't do it. <laughs> As well as her connection to midwifery and death customs, modern pagans see the triple goddess concept in the form of maiden mother crone. And while this may have been true of breed in the past, I don't believe that it is with her. Uh, that's her only manifestation. She was a Celtic goddess of uh, water and fire. So wait, also. hold on. Yes. This trips me out because this is one that we hear about a lot. Breed, Bridget, Bride, whatever you want to call right. her. She rules over everything. She's like right. all the things. It's which okay. Like, Kids, lactating mothers, fire, water. I got everything. <laughs> it's like no wonder I've been confused because. Uh, anyway, I do know how to say her sister's name or her counterpart's name, Kaliach. Kaliach. Um. So that she Kaliach rules over the dark, cold half of the year in Celtic Ireland. Yeah, we Ireland, covered her Scotland, in the winter. And yeah. Breed rules over the light, warm half of the year. Uh, which I don't think that's half if you've been to Ireland. It's mostly cold. So Kelly has <laughs> some overtime work there, I think. But yeah. anyway, uh, as the goddess of healing breed rules over the sacred wells of Ireland, uh, this is a big honor as the Irish people are so enamored with their sacred wells. They call themselves the people of the wells. I wish I could say it in a Lucky Charms accent, but I'm bad at it. The people of the wells. No, no. <laughs> Wherever a deity was associated with a well or sacred spring in ancient Europe, they were automatically considered a healing deity. There's a holy well at Lisconnor in County Clare that is associated with St. Breed that scholars believe was the first healing spring under her watch. On the opposite well. side of the spectrum... <laughs> While she was juggling everything, lactating moms, wire files, whatever. <laughs> the ancient Celts was an ele- element of inspiration and passion. There's actually a common motif among the Celts, fire and water, life and death, creation and destruction. She's a busy lady. And Breed embodied this belief. According to traditions, St. Breed was one of the 19 nuns tending a sacred flame that burns perpetually in the Kildare Monastery. This monastery, however, is believed to have been first first been a sacred pagan site where the priestess of Braid tended the goddess goddess's sacred fire. Hmm. Yeah, she's a complex one. I've never quite understood. <laughs> she's kind of all the things or I don't know. I just I'm curious. I'm curious about her. I would love to do just a deep dive on her sometime when I have um, insomnia, which is all the time. Um, 
She's a fiery redhead. He likes to her. figure right she to figure out long fiery red hair, a long yeah. gown of either green or white. Yep. She can manifest as either of the three mother main crone, and she can do whatever like, the hell she wants, basically. Yeah, don't mess with her. I do what I want. <laughs> um, but I'd love to know like how she became goddess of all those things. Like, seems like they rolled up a whole bunch of stuff under her. She was like, her, can oh, I get I some middle managers? Her, her day is in bulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, her festival is in bulk, which is on the 1st or 2nd of February, which marks Return of the Light. Hmm. So the light came back in February, but the warmth comes back in April? Yeah, I don't know. I was there in June and I was freezing the whole time. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish people are like, mm, we're still waiting for the warmth. Eh? Go hold um, a mannequin. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there with, I just, Bridget is just all I can say. Bride, Brid, Bride. 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 <laughs> Welsh and Celtic are crazy languages. Okay, so Flora... Uh, Roman goddess of spring. Ancient Romans had their share of goddesses, a whole bunch of them, uh, associated with seasons, including flora. She is the goddess of spring and namely of flowers, as you might guess from her name. Um, She was considered a minor deity. She couldn't have been too minor since she also had her own priesthood. So go figure. I'm sure somebody who was writing the book about all of this, which was obviously a man, was like, mm, she seems minor. Um, <laughs> her people were like, I don't know. Anyway, um, spring was a very important season. So it makes sense why spring, the spring goddess would have been widely venerated. Um, she also symbolized youth, vitality, and fertility, as most of the spring deities do. Um At the end of April and the first few days of May, Floralia was celebrated in Rome. This was Flora's namesake festival in which the people put on parades, feasted, drank, as the Romans did every other day, and (laughs) honored the goddess. (laughs) Saturnalia Uh every day. Everybody's Roman on Saturnalia. Right? Sorry. Exactly. No, that's right. Um, Did you have anything more on her? Nope. She's not in my book, unless she's oh. in her under some other name, which she might be. But she's not a dark goddess. She's, she's just a minor spring. goddess. She's just springy. Um, so this next goddess is actually associated with uh, the goddess Flora. Her name is Chloris. She is a nymph and an ancient Greek spring goddess. And while the Romans tend to absorb or claim the Greek deities as their own, we should also know <laughs> these Greek deities were their own entities first. So, Chloris, she is the wife of Zephyrus and the goddess of flowers and spring. She was particularly known for her beauty and lived in a field of wildflowers. That sounds nice. I was just going to say, that sounds like a decent life. Were the Greeks less... Yeah. Were the Greeks less something than the Romans? Were they... Mm. I feel like the Romans... Like, the Christians were more interested in taking over the Romans, which I know that everybody... Christianity did, you know, go all over there, but... Yeah, I feel like because the Roman Empire was so wealthy, I feel like the church was more anxious to take them over. So I feel like that Roman um, mythology got, first of all, got a little more war-torn and violent, right? Mm -hmm. And also just got a little more, 
I don't want to say watered down, but mixed in with different, mm-hmm. with different Christian thoughts. Yeah, and who knows what else that the Christian, um, what's the word I'm looking for, that they had rolled up in their quests and crusades and whatnot. It <laughs> yeah, all gets kind exactly. of muddy at some point. But if, it seems to me like the Greek mythology is slightly less mm, fraught, maybe? No? Yeah. I don't know. Right. Well, and but the Greeks also, I mean, they had their own wars and, you know, fought amongst themselves sure. or whatever. But I don't really feel like they were, like, fighting to just, for their own just cultural survival. That's what it felt like, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, you should do this one because you know about Egyptian stuff and I know nothing. <laughs> Which I, I was going to say, I have never heard of this person. Oh. Um, but Renpet is the Egyptian spring and life deity. Um, did they have spring gods or goddesses? Yes, they did. Renpet is the ancient uh, Egyptian goddess of new life, spring, fertility, and youth. Interestingly, her name is translated to mean year or time. Uh, she had more, you know, to do with the entire year than just spring, they think. But she was, you know, especially worshipped in the spring. Uh, she was worshipped in Crocodilopolis, where I don't think I want to go, as well as Memphis, and eventually was considered an epithet or aspect of the great mother Isis. She's depicted as wearing a palm shoot on her head, uh, which is a common vegetation of the Nile. Crocodilopolis just doesn't sound like a place I want to go. I have never heard of that. But it sounds like huh. somewhere you can't walk around at night. Yeah, for real. Um, nor go for a, nor go for a nice cooling swim. Um. So while we're talking about this, I was thinking about Inanna because she's the goddess of fertility. Um. True. Anyway, that's pretty much all I had to say about that. She's the goddess of a whole bunch of stuff: prosperity, fertility, sexuality, war, civilization. She also got a whole bunch of stuff rolled up under her duties um I but... said, well the story that i like best about isis is like have you ever so you know the egyptians believe that ra pulled that boat across the sky every day so that's how they mm-hmm. pulled he, he basically dragged the sun across the sky every day on that on his big boat mm-hmm. and isis is the one that like made that boat hmm. did you ever see have you ever watched gods of egypt no Okay, it's a terrible movie. However, <laughs> part where they show the dragging of the sun is really cool. Um, but the, his grandson's like, Grandfather, I need your help. And he's like, sure, let me just stop what I'm doing and deal with your problem. Because <laughs> he's pulling the sun. Anyway, um, that's that, That's the only good part of the movie. But in reality, it's an awful movie. Um, I'm flipping through my... Yeah, I just am not familiar with um, mythology from that part of the world. I was flipping through my book, and I also, as I just finished saying that the Greek mythology was less something, there's a goddess called Baobo, or Iambe, um, goddess of the belly laugh. So, <laughs> I love it. Yes, but the depiction of her, so she is legs, and then her head is how shall I say this? Her chin rests like on her pubic hair. Interesting. And then on top of her head are her is her torso and her breasts. So it's like she got assembled in the wrong order. 
it's very disturbing to me. She's a goddess from Ikea, basically. I don't know, I guess. If I put it together, yeah. <laughs> um, so she's part of Demeter and Persephone's story. Okay. Um, a woman of Eleusis. Eleusis. Um, she welcomes Demeter into her home. Demeter, who's been wandering... Oh, who's wandered, dressed in old robes, grief-stricken, in search of her daughter. Baobo gives Demeter a seat by the fire, offers her the sacred drink of kaikion, brewed from barley, honey, and pennyroyal. Demeter is unresponsive, remaining disconsolate and silent. That is until Baobo begins to tell body jokes. She lifts up her skirt and exposes her genitals. She paints a face on her belly. She dances and gestures obscenely. She causes the holy lady to smile and laugh and to have a gracious heart. Um, as that's from the Homeric hymn to Demeter. Because of the lewd and absurd nature of Baobo's acts, Demeter is momentarily shocked out of her sorrow. Yeah, that would shock me out of something. <laughs> because the jest is not only funny, but sympathetic from woman to woman. The goddess laughs, the belly laugh, the kind that erupts from deep within and cannot be stopped. With it, Demeter is awakened from her desolation. A renewal of life becomes possible. During the three days of Thesmor... Thesmophoria, sorry, sorry, I had a moment there, the ancient women-only festival for Demeter. Greek women who normally live sequestered made huts out of greenery and camped out together. Okay. After the solemn ritual and communal mourning came clowning, coarse gestures, and foul language. So your basic GNO. Um, every one of these steps was considered essential to restore the fertility of the land. Every woman's participation was needed for this service to Demeter, and in doing so, they too were revitalized. Once a year, women could express themselves freely, have their sexuality and their bodies belong to them alone, release their pain through laughter and community, which is really a beautiful concept. Once a year? Yeah, that seems legit. Okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, three days, three days of thesmophoria, thesmophoria. So anyway, huh? That's almost 1% of the year. So (laughs) yeah, so (laughs) it's interesting. The depiction of the goddess is, I mean, I don't know. She seems fun to hang out with, though. I guess so. I guess she looks this way because the skirt is lifted up and there's something drawn on her belly. But it's it's a very strange depiction, nonetheless. Anyway, my unique contribution that I accidentally stumbled upon just now. <laughs> uh, do you want to do the Norse one? Okay. Uh, Idun is the goddess of Norse mythology who reigns over the immortality of the gods. She's the guardian of the sacred apple orchard, containing apples that are the secret to the gods' eternal life. Does that sound familiar? No. Shh. Right. It is the wife of Bragi and is considered a spring goddess. Uh, in the most prominent tale, she is kidnapped by a Jotun, which is a giant, and Loki must win her back to appease the gods of Asgard as they worry over their immortality. It's funny because the apple icon appears so many places um, in all the mythology. The Garden of Eden, right. um, the myth of Eris, E-R-I-S, um, the goddess of, um, uh, what is the word I'm trying to 
Discord. Um, anyway, apples show up all over the place. <laughs> apples are everywhere. This that kind of sounds. I mean, in some ways, um, that kind of sounds like. Um, oh, what's her name? Sita, Rama and Sita. That's like a, an Indian tale. Oh, yeah. where she gets she gets kidnapped by a demon. Mm-hmm. Why is there so much kidnapping? Do you have to be kidnapped to become a goddess? What the fuck? Exactly. Is this like, why can't you just be a goddess? You have to go through some shit? (laughs) I (sighs) think others respect you and not carry you off places you don't want to go. I'm just annoyed. What the the fuck? All right, let's talk about Ashanti. I can't say her name the other way. Asaseya? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Ashanti. Um, This is the earth goddess who prepares to bring forth new life in the spring. The Ashanti people of Ghana honor her at the festival of Durbar alongside her husband, Nyame, the sky god who brings rain to the fields. As a fertility goddess, she's often associated with the planting of early crops during the rainy season. In some parts of Africa, she's honored during an annual or biannual festival called the Awuru Odo. This is really testing my skills for language. Um, This is a large gathering of extended family and kinship groups. Great deal of food and feasting seems to be involved. In some Ghanaian folktales, Asaseya appears as the mother of Ananzi. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the trickster god. Am I saying and Nanzi? Is that right? Yeah. Looks good. Wait. Yep. And there's more than one trickster god, too. That's another thing that's kind of funny. Um, I mean, in all the different cultures. Sure. Whose legends followed many West Africans to the New World during the centuries of the slave trade. Hmm. Interestingly, there do not appear to be any formalized temples to Asasaya. Instead, she is honored in the fields where the crops grow and in the homes where she is celebrated as a goddess of fertility and the womb. Farmers can opt to ask her permission before they begin to work the soil. Even though she's associated with the hard labor of tilling the fields and planting seeds, her followers take a day off on Thursday, which is her sacred day. Like every Thursday? I guess so. <laughs> Every single Thursday. I think we should take Thursday off. That's a good day to take off, I think. It is a good day to take off. Agree. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard any of that before. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so this is the next goddess. Um, they labeled her as Roman, but she's actually the only goddess of um, Phrygia, P H R Y, Phrygia. Yeah, my book says she's an Anatolian mountain mother. <laughs> I like that better. She's the mother Turkey, goddess in Rome at the, at the center of a rather rather bloody cult, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. Eunuch priests perform mysterious rites in her honor. Her lover was Attis. He was also her grandson, but that's another story for Jerry Springer. And her jealousy caused him to castrate and kill himself. His blood was the source of the first violet. <laughs> Seems a weird way to go about it, but okay. And right. divine intervention allowed Addis to be resurrected by Sibella and with some help from Zeus. In some areas, there's still an annual three-day celebration of Addis's rebirth and Sibella's power. Like Addis had said that her followers could work themselves into orgiastic frenzies and then ritually castrate themselves. What? I'm guessing this is why this cult, this cult died out, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> 
after this, these priests donned women's clothing. No, drag! <laughs> so dangerous. And assumed female identities. They became known as the Galay. And in some regions, female priestesses led her decedents in rituals involving ecstatic music, drumming, and dancing. I think so that's actually drag, as well as ecstatic Galay! Music. Dangerous. <laughs> Don't say Galay. That's the new law. Under the leadership of Augustus Caesar, she became extremely popular because, you know, <laughs> oh he erected, erected is in quotes, a giant temple in her honor on the Palatine Hill. And the statue of Sibella is in the temple it, that is in the temple, bears the face of Augustus's wife, Livia. She's like, it better. Today, <laughs> many people still honor Sibella, the, although not quite in the same context as she once was. They don't well, castrate themselves anymore, I'm guessing. Good. But she is honored as the mother goddess like to join that of women. Yeah. And for some reason, this is odd to me, but um, they kind of, even though she was an ancient Roman goddess, they think that some of her followers, they link them to the ancient Mayans, hmm. which honored many sacred days associated with celestial events, especially equinoxes. Um, hmm. I don't know. It was very weird. Let me tell was you a what. Consort who, res who, was who was resurrected to this day. Let me tell you what uh, this book says. Okay. <sighs> um, also called Magna Mater, goddess of primal and primary earth, the great Mount Ararat, the heart of the land called Phrygia. Why am I having, I'm having lots of problems today, sorry. She's seated on a throne and crowned by the city, by the civilization she makes possible. Adoring lions, the strongest and most imposing animals of earth, crouch beside her, dedicating to her all of their passion and power. As do her ardent priests who, I like I said, I, would, I have a few ex-boyfriends that I would like to recommend for this um, <laughs> religion. Where they dance around, they get super like high like what is that um oh, they play house music and they just get crazy and then they like a rave cut yeah kind of yeah they cut their balls off and then they bleed <laughs> and then flowers grow out of the blood um super wholesome love i love religion um <laughs> okay let's see um new initiates castrate themselves yes we cover that um beautiful young shepherd that is Addis, I believe, who promises the goddess his devotion, then dallies with a tree nymph, ugh, breaks his sacred <laughs> vow. Mother fucker, does it ever? It's twas ever thus. The goddess's anger, as well as his own remorse, yeah, right, drive him mad. Are you sorry that you did it, or are you sorry that you got caught, Addis? Um, There's always a tree nymph, throws a wrench and everything. Fucking tree nymphs, man. Pick on your, pick, you know, find your own nymph boy. Anyway, um, <laughs> goddess's anger and his own remorse drive him mad. Clutching a jagged stone, he cuts away the source of his offense. Oh, okay. <laughs> Again, ex-boyfriends, I would love you to join this cult. Bleeds to death beneath a pine tree. Violets springing up um, from the sacrifice of his manhood. Addis attains God. So they cut off their dick and they become gods? <laughs> what is this bullshit? The individual becomes eternal. He becomes god of vegetation. Um, 
Her worship lives across countries and through centuries, carried westward with wild processions and stirring music by ecstatic followers who <laughs> castrate themselves into ancient Greece and Rome. She's embraced by people looking for mystery in their religion and transcendence in their everyday lives. Okay, that's what you want to call it. Um, <laughs> she proves her power to the officials of Rome to address the nation's troubles. An oracle reveals that the goddess must be formally welcomed into the city. So an expedition is sent to Phrygia. Frigid? Phrygia? Hmm. Um, they bring back a small black stone imbued with her presence, installed with reverence in the Temple of Victory. Um, in the next, the invader Hannibal is finally driven from Italy's shores. Oh, in that year, the harvest exceeds all previous in abundance. And in the next, invader Hannibal is driven from Italy's shores. So oh. take that. This reminds me of... Um, of Danny in Game of Thrones, where she has the army of what, what eunuchs? Did you watch that? Yes. Okay. Anyway, that's what that reminds me of. She has an army of eunuchs. True. Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, I don't know. They just sound. They seem like they. Uh... <laughs> Like the Romans are just like, how can we have an, yet another festival that incorporates having boobies out? Or, <laughs> and so they're like, I know. How about so and so? She's a great goddess. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Freya, bring us some dignity. <laughs> I don't think the spring is about dignity. It seems like so far, but let's see how it goes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yes. Uh, do you want to do that one? Do this one? I think I, it's I can do it if you want. Okay. Uh, Freya, which most people are familiar with the name, uh, fertility goddess, abandons the earth during the cold months, but returns in the spring to restore nature's beauty. She wears a magnificent necklace called the Brisingamen, which represents the fire of the sun. Freya was similar to Frigg, the chief goddess of the Asir, which was the Norse race of sky deities. Both were connected with childbearing and could take on the aspect of a bird. Freya owned a magical cloak of hawk's feathers, which allowed her to transform at will. Hmm. Nice. This cloak is given to Frigg in some of the Edas. Okay. I assume that's some sort of mythology. Um, as the wife of Odin, the Allfather, Freya was often called upon for assistance in marriage and childbirth, as well as to aid women struggling with infertility. Let me see what my bookie says. Goddess of love, lust, beauty, fire, and rich red gold. What? Emb she's the embodiment of gold, shining, beautiful, valuable, magical. She's one of the elder gods, the Vanir and the great goddess of the northern lands before coming to the for the coming of the Asir, the gods of Valhalla. Oh, okay. Um, the brash young gods fall in love with her, as all do, and name her the fair one. Unlike other beings, the elder world of the elder world, such as the frost giants, Freya is welcome in the new order. She's a magician and a shapeshifter. Um, 
She becomes chief of the Valkyries, the divine warrior maidens who choose heroes from among the fallen and bring them to drink thereafter, either at the table of the father god Odin or at her own table, which is equal in majesty. That's interesting. Hmm. On her breast, the goddess wears the thing I tried to say. It's a amulet thing. <laughs> the necklace of fire. Yeah, that. Um, jewel whose power cannot be resisted. Oh, I want one of those. Um, it is created by the greatest artistry and magic of seven dwarves. Oh, you don't say. I so, hope. Yeah. <laughs> the shining one enters the cave and sleeps with them all to possess the necklace. Hmm. Loki, the trickster god, desires the Brisingenian <laughs> for its own wild purpose. This is also reminding me of the uh, the the comic book, and there's the Seven Stones. The, the not DC Comics. What's the other one, Lisa? The Marvel? one that my husband came up with. Marvel? Yeah, Marvel. The the Avengers, and there's the Seven Stones. Ah, uh, okay. Did you watch it? I did not watch that. No. I for okay. some reason I'm not a person for superhero movies. I love them, but my brain fog is preventing me from sounding like I have any idea what I'm talking about right now. So anyway, but there's a stone and Loki steals it. So anyway, um, she's generous with her favors. She loves her husband. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, that's about all I have about her. It's, it appears that those two actually remain loyal to each other. Nice. Oh, it seems like they might have had an open relationship, it says here. Okay, <laughs> sure, whatever. They were hipsters before it was hip. No kidding. What are they, they're, what are they called living apart now? What is that thing called? Oh. Independent. Uh, I can't think of it, but anyway, you know what I mean. I do, where do you, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I know uh, the next one is she's near and dear to my heart because when I was in India, my host family gave me a statue of her because she is uh -huh. not only a spring goddess, Saraswati, but she is also the goddess of the arts. Um, so they gave me a statue of her to take. But she's honored in prayers and music, and she's usually holding um, a lotus blossom and the sacred Vedas, but she's usually playing like a sitar. Um and she's pretty cool. Her name means elegant, flowing, and watery. And this is indicative of her status as one of uh, the Aryan boundary rivers. The Saraswati River, just like the Ganges, flows from the Himalayas and is considered a sacred source of purification, fertility, and good fortune for those who bathe in the waters. This sacred river uh, developed into a pers personified deity. Uh, the goddess has her own festivals notably the Saraswati Puja, which is held on the first day of spring. During the festival, worshippers wear yellow, which is associated with wisdom and prosperity. Statues of the goddesses are also draped in yellow silk, and prayer, believers pray for blessings in their, on their pens, books, and musical instruments. Children are taught to write for the first time during the festival. Brahmin priests are given fine food, and ancestors are venerated. Saraswati is also worshipped along the other major goddesses, in the Pan-Indian celebration of Navarati, as the patron of music, she's frequently prayed to by musicians before concerts and as a goddess of intellectual pursuits by students before exams. So if your finals are this week. Slow. Clap. 
for the Hindus who have a goddess who brought some dignity back to this show. <laughs> no one's cutting off anything. She's no about the musicals. Out. Yeah, she likes the musicals that Lisa loves. She's an intellectual goddess. I'm I'm down with her. She seems like the bomb. She is very dignified. Yeah. And holding lotus blossoms, not scrotums or anything. <laughs> so I, I often right. see her with a swan too. I don't know. That's just sort of her consort or whatever, but uh oh. hmm. or familiar. I don't know. But yeah, I see a lot of paintings of her with like swans. Now that you say that, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, happy spring well, time. Yeah, so pick a goddess, any goddess. Um, nine out of ten goddesses of the spring have been kidnapped and raped. <laughs> or they were elevated to the status of goddess. Just um, before they were demoted to witch. <laughs> exactly. Um, men were like, why are we cutting off our dicks? Let's not do that anymore. <laughs> Instead, let's burn these bitches at the stake. <sighs> yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> I'm in a mood, but I feel a little bit smarter. I actually feel really stupid after we do these. And I'm like, I know nothing. I just know nothing. Like before the, the internet, I thought I was a do. pretty smart person. We did one other goddess show. I really enjoyed it. We did winter goddesses and I loved it. Yeah, that was a good one. You're a little staticky, so I think we should say goodbye. Uh-oh, that's not good. Still? Still? Follow us on Instagram at bitchstory.pod. Um, and please leave us some glowing reviews. Remember to check the show notes for cool info and links. Please listen to Kelly's other podcasts, Bitch Splaining and Bitch Scopes. And have a great week. Remember that well behaved women seldom make history. And have a great week and go make some bitchstory. Yeah. Bye. Bye.